Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Yeah, right, all right, 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 Frankie. All right, Frank, you uh, really did it, man. 26th radio anniversary was yesterday. 26 years. Did you ever think I'd make it? Did you ever think you'd make it? Well, many of you responded to that, and I'm not going to sit and indulge myself during a crisis like we're having in this country today, but I certainly will mention that yesterday was the 26th anniversary of the Savage Nation. Does anyone remember the early days on KSFO? Anyone remember the Paul Revere Society events where we established the conservative movement in the radio business? Well, those were the days, my friends. We thought they'd never end, and I wanted to thank all of you for so many great years. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the 26 years. We'll talk about the details of the $2 trillion socialism coronavirus deal. Uh, I could title this show very simply today, We Are All Socialists Now. How's that? Let's just say we're all socialists now. I know many of you are still fighting last year's battle. Uh, We don't need Bernie Sanders. We are all socialists now. $2 $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill. Pelosi is slow walking it. She won't let the House even vote on it. The woman should be arrested. There's a certain time and place for everything. This woman should be removed from the Congress and put in prison for what she's doing to the American people. We'll also talk about what's in that deal. I actually have the research on what is inside the $2 trillion Senate coronavirus deal. Everyone got a bailout, it seems to me. We are all socialists now. Uh, how this goes, you can say, well, good, we need the money now. Let me have it. Fine. It means the value of the dollar will diminish significantly. It means we will have runaway inflation. It means that the horrifying images of the Weimar Republic may not be such a fantasy at all. Many of you don't even know what the Weimar Republic was, but that was the republic that predated Hitler. Runaway inflation was so great, you saw Germans with wheelbarrows full of German currency to buy a loaf of bread. I'm not saying we're going to be there tomorrow, but we are all socialists now. Two trillion dollars, where did it come from? Print, 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 print. Well, the Dems are the ones blocking the money, not because they're not socialists, because they want more goodies. If they could build more abortion centers with one trillion of the two trillion, Schumer and Pelosi would do so. Also, today, we're going to talk a lot about SARS-CoV-2. It's not really uh, the disease they say it is. SARS-CoV-2 is what the scientists are calling it, because it really is a SARS-like disease. It's a severe acute respiratory syndrome with a new iteration. What can you do about it? Well, I'm going to talk with you about how to take vitamin C, Dr. Cathcart's protocol. I'm also taking N-acetylcysteine now. I'll tell you why and how that works. But I want to go back to SARS-CoV-2 today, what we know about it. I know that the mainstream media says it's not a bioweapon that was uh, released by the Chinese, one that escaped the lab. But I believe it was accidentally relieved, released from their biowarfare laboratory in Wuhan. I think there was enough evidence to support that, which you're not going to hear from uh, 
fake tapper. You're not going to hear it from fake tapper. Fake tapper can only fake the news. Thanks, Jack. Fake tapper can not give you the news about the origins of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Oh, forget the garbage about the, the, the live market. That's been debunked. It's not from bats. That's been debunked. We'll also talk about chloroquine. Unfortunately, a new study out of China, uh, whatever you can accept or what China. We don't trust anything the Chinese government says, nor WHO, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, uh, the Chinese government, more specifically the communist Chinese government. They are saying that with their early trial of chloroquine, widely touted here in America, it's no better than standard care. And I'm warning you about the dangers of chloroquine. And I've linked to some articles on the uh, subject. 855-407-282. If you care to comment on any of these topics or join in on the anniversary show with your memories, I said, what are your memories? Anybody remember the early days of the Savage Nation? It was very touching. I got to tell you the truth. I was reading it late at night. I'm alone like everyone else locked away in a house. I don't know how people are taking it. I mean, I have a radio show that I've done out of my home for many years. From time to time in years past, I would go into the studio very seldom. And I had friends in the city I'd go see once in a while. I'd go out to dinner every night if I could. I don't go out at all. I mean, I go shopping a little bit, you know, full surgical gear to buy a lettuce. Amazing. Full surgical gear for Jim to buy a lettuce. And you see the paranoid women fighting over the toilet paper. I need them. I need my entertainment. But I'm basically home alone doing my radio show. Inside the details of the $2 trillion Senate coronavirus deal. Yeah, that's a big one. SARS-CoV-2, what we know about it, where it came from. How much vitamin C should you take? How long have I been telling you the homeless should have been quarantined first before you? Well, let's say since this first appeared on the, on the scene, I told you what's going to happen. You even seen the beginnings of what's going to happen. <laughs> Sad, but the cowardly politicians who have no qualms, no compunction to lock you up, no compunction to lock you away in your house and throw the key away would not touch the poor people in the homeless communities who are all infected with one disease or another. What could I say to you? I'm a talk show host, but I also know an awful lot about certain subjects. One of them is epidemiology, and I'm not going to throw my degree away because you don't want to hear about it. I killed myself to get my Ph.D. at the University of California at Berkeley. I earned it in 1978 in three fields. Does it make me the world's leading expert in epidemiology? Absolutely not. Some of the other students were really good statisticians, but they could never see the big picture, none of them. They were bean counters. See, most epidemiologists that you're seeing today on television are bean counters. They know how to run numbers through computer programs, but they can't see their nose at the end of their face. They don't see the big picture the way I do. That's why they're still stuck in universities and I'm on the radio all these years. 26 years yesterday. How much longer it will go, I don't know. Does anyone really know what tomorrow will bring? I want to tell you a children's story. Many of you are locked up with your kids at home today. I'm going to take a slow divergence. Years ago, I wrote Teddy and Me about my dog Teddy, Confessions of a Service Human. It's a beautiful book. And tucked inside that book is one of the my favorite stories called, um, well, I got to look at the title truthfully. It's about a bear. Kindly dogs and kindly bears. People didn't know I could write children's stories. And I don't know, it came to me one night. And it's about just a children's story. Well, I want to take 
you on a little ride today. In addition to talking about all these serious subjects, I want to give you a little children's story. Any resemblance to people or institutions will be strictly coincidental. The story is called A Plantation. And it's about a man on a plantation who picked cotton. And he picked cotton happily for many years. He picked it faster than anyone else in that field. And he was rewarded to a certain extent by the plantation masters. Time went on and he was inspiring to all of the others in the plantation and the surrounding plantations when they saw the speed at which he could pick that cotton. But he did it cheerfully because he actually loved being out in the sunlight. And he loved the air. And he loved the use of his body and the muscles. And he just picked away. He thought it would never end. And it went on and on and on. And then one day he got older. And his hair started to turn gray. And the plantation master tried to shove him off the plantation. Because although he was still picking cotton faster than most of the young men, they wanted a younger man because they knew that one day the old uh, cotton picker would just drop dead. They figured they'd work him till he did. But they moved him out of the fields as fast as they could without telling him they were doing it. But he continued to pick that cotton. Then one day, he fell down in the field. He had a heart attack. But he had a fight in him that no one expected. And he picked himself up out of that cotton field. And without telling anybody... Just days later, he was picking cotton again. He figured the plantation master would be happy. But then something strange happened. The plantation master came to him and said, Well, look, we're sorry to hear you're sick, but we just did a search of the books, and it seems that you owe us money from all the years you've been picking cotton. And so you're not going to be paid at all over the next year, but we want you to keep picking cotton to pay off that debt. We want you to work through the end of the year in order to pay off the debt that we suddenly discovered in our books. And the old man, who was now gray and tired, went ahead and kept picking cotton until one day it all stopped. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Look, if you're living with chronic pain, it's the worst. I mean, I know it. It's more than a feeling of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. Maybe it's been ongoing for a few weeks, no matter what treatment you've tried. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. This is a non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, improve muscle and joint flexibility. This natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes. And relief lasts up to eight hours. It's really amazing stuff. It rolls right on and rolls the pain right away. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD, pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. Now, this great discount also applies to any product on the entire site. Just go to omaxhealth.com 
and enter the code SAVAGE. Please enter that code SAVAGE. OmexHealth.com, code SAVAGE. Why don't you look at the product reviews if you're cynical? They've got 95% five-star reviews, page after page of customers saying they've tried everything, and Omax CryoFreeze is so good, they're now buying it for their family and friends too. You're going to get 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping, just by going to OmaxHealth.com and enter code SAVAGE, S-A-V-A-G-E. That's OmaxHealth.com. How do you spell that? O-M-A-X Health.com, code SAVAGE, to get 20% off cryo-freeze and everything on the site and get rid of that pain. OmaxHealth.com, code SAVAGE. Say, let SARS-CoV-2 go back to China. Let's put it back in the bottle and send it back to them by special delivery. I'm so sick of sitting here and shaking my boots here. I can't stand it anymore. The whole country's quivering in their rooms. How does COVID-19 spread? More specifically, SARS-CoV-2. How long does the virus stay on contaminated services? How long does the virus last on food? Can you get this from contaminated food? Um, should you get food from restaurants, takeout food? Are there any risks associated with takeout food? You know, should you sterilize your food when you get it home from a restaurant? What about food itself? Are we going to run out of food? I see that nations are starting to hoard their raw, uh, raw supplies like wheat. Did you know Kazakhstan is one of the largest suppliers of wheat on the earth? You think this can't happen? See, we're so used to living in the horn of plenty. All of us. Lucky for me, I'm a depression baby, meaning my parents lived through the depression. I was raised on the mentality of the depression. I'm a depression baby. I was basically, it was drilled into me. Don't spend too much. Always save money. If you have, you know, two pair of pants, you don't need three. If you have one car, you don't need two. You don't need eight vacations a year. So I've always been out of step with the American economy and the American society. And the fact of the matter is most people aren't. They don't have a dollar in the bank. They're sitting and waiting for the government teat to come down to them and feed them like little piglets because they've been told to spend, 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 spend. Spend for America. Be a good American. Spend every dime you have and then some. Borrow. Refi your house 25 times to buy another car. Then you got the morons in the media showing you their abs every day. That's all they did. For years, that's all Murdoch did to make his fortune, was scandalize the world with his rat publications. Naked women, half-naked women on Fox News. How do you think Fox News started? You don't remember people talking about it? There's some great people on Fox News now. In the beginning, it was a striptease show. A guy called me up once when it started. He said, you should see the beautiful girls shaking their legs under the table delivering the news. I said, what is it, naked news? No, no. It's a thing called Fox News. Well, look where they are today. The number one cable news show in the world just because they have pretty girls with nice high heels and lipstick. And so we got used to excess and pornography and subcore pornography and and off-site pornography and soft pornography, all in the guise of entertainment. And where are we today? People are broke. And a virus comes along and the country and the world is wiped out. This is not an ordinary virus. Let me tell you something. By what I see, 
and I'm not naive and I'm somewhat knowledgeable. I've read all of the literature that you could read yourself. Of course, it helps if you have some training in reading scientific papers, and I do. But you don't have to be a genius to read a science paper. You can do it very easily by applying your brain. You will see this is not an ordinary virus. No, it's not like a flu, like a shock jock was saying for weeks. For weeks, is it just like a flu? More people died from the flu? No, it's not like the flu. It's far more virulent. It's spread more easily. It seems to have more devastating side effects, and we don't know what the recurrence rate is, and we don't know what it's going to be like when it comes back a second time. The more I study this, the more I agree with the conspiracy theorists, some of whom are very reputable scientists who've been shushed by uh, fake Tapper and the others in the <clears throat> worthless media, I'm starting to believe this is a bio-warfare weapon that escaped the laboratory. It's taking the world too quickly. It's also killing too many people too fast. I know most of the people who were dying had underlying conditions. At least that is what the fake tappers are telling us. But did they really know? Do you think fake tapper really knows what the truth is? So you say, well, how do you know what the truth is? Well, I'm giving you what I think could be the truth. I'm giving you what I think you should explore. Well, what good will it do? I don't know. Maybe you'll take more precautions than you're taking. Maybe you'll come to understand that the shock jock who misled you for two weeks or three weeks, telling you, oh, come on now, it's just the common cold. Why, it's just like every other flu we've ever had. We don't have to worry about it. You heard that from the shock jocks, didn't you? One of them is still on uh, fake news, Fox News, still on there. Now he's gone the other way. He's gone 180, did a 180 now. You know, but what's the point of my talking about that? This is severe acute respiratory syndrome part two, SARS-CoV-2. Should China pay $1 trillion into the IMF? Damn right they should. Will they? Yeah, sure. Yeah, they're going to pay 10 cents into the uh, WHO fund, right? They'll only take it back to the back door. So what can you do about it? Well, we're all doing what we can do about it. Even a governor Cuomo is sitting in his apartment doing nothing, thinking he's going to be the president. Suddenly, the godfather is starting to sound real to me. We'll get there. We'll get there, Michael. Governor Corleone. Senator Corleone. President Corleone. In his wildest dreams, Father Corleone never thought that it would be a virus that would give the family what they were hoping for. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Listen, we're in weird times. What if a medical emergency arises? Are you really prepared? Everyone says, oh, it'll never happen to me. But it can when you least expect it. In a medical emergency, Air MedCare Network providers can transport you or a family member to the nearest hospital. And if you're a member, you'll see no out-of-pocket costs related to your air flight. That's right. You won't pay a dime when transported by an AMCN provider. You should know health insurance may not cover the full cost of emergency medical transport. And even with comprehensive coverage, you could still get hit with substantial deductibles and co-pays. Pay attention. Sign up for an Air MedCare Network membership. AMCN is the largest air ambulance membership network with more than 3 million members, including me. You heard me right. This costs as little as $85 for your entire household and protects you whether you're at home or traveling. For $85, 
can you afford not to have this? Right now, as part of The Savage Nation, you'll get up to a $50 gift card when you join AMCN. Please, for the sake of yourself and your family, go to the special website, airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, and use code savage. It's simple. airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage, and then use code savage. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. So we're playing songs, great songs in the early days of the Savage Nation. You know, when I put it up yesterday on Twitter, I, I was so moved last night by some of your comments about what you remember. Some of you said I was two years old when I first started to hear the show, and now it's 20. I'm 28 now. My father's dead. He used to listen to it with me. And people were making me, like, tear up. I can't believe this. You really don't understand what this is. Of course you need me during this pandemic. Of course I feel I was born for this moment. Of course I know that what I know is important to the listeners. And I'm glad I could be here for you. And how you first heard the show and what you remember from the show. And I'll bring you up to date on what I think would be of value to you. But you know, one of the things that you love about this show and about Michael Savage is the stories I've told you over the years about my life growing up in New York, the immigrant parents, the Lower East Side, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Fat Al's tuna with the hand in the sun. All that stuff kept coming up. <clears throat> but I got to tell you, I can't imagine what it must be like today to be stuck in an apartment with children and not being able to go out or they can't play. I can't imagine. And I mean young kids. It would be bad enough with teenagers. But what are you going to do with a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old now? I don't know how the parents can take this. We're not used to this. We're not used to being at home with each other. Everyone has diversions. Everyone has outlets. Everyone, including you, golf or tennis or a, a bar or drink after work, meeting, fr- whatever, a restaurant. You, it's all closed down. So we're prisoners in a way. And this nation is not ready for this kind of prison. I can't imagine what we'd be going through. My mother, may she rest in peace. I could imagine if I were five years old and if I could turn the clock back to like the 1940s, and we're in that apartment in the Bronx. She'd be chasing me around that apartment, screaming at me, you rotten kid, sit still. What are you running around for? You rotten. She would chase me around, man. She'd get mad at me. God rest her soul. She's a wonderful woman. But in the old days, man, they were a little different than today. Much different. They controlled their kids. They controlled their kids. Social control was rampant in America. And so, you know, where's the social control today? Here's one, James Lund says, Dr. Savage, I remember listening to you on weekends on KGO. That's 26 years ago. I was working on a PhD in history at UC Davis. You helped me survive grad school. Thanks for fighting a good fight all these years. Many of you remember my MSNBC television show that lasted three months. 
Many of you remember and still have your Paul Revere Society cards. I can't believe it. They're going to be really valuable one day. When this world settles down many years from now, those Paul Revere Society cards are going to be great. Congratulations, Savage. In the 90s, my dad lived on a nearby uh, Air Force base in San Francisco. I'd call him nightly, and you'd be on in the background, and he'd say he's smart and turn up the radio volume so I could listen. Go back a long time here. And it's nice to be with you all these years. Nice to be with you on the radio. And after many a summer dies the swan, and after many a year everything ends. That's all there is to it. So now America seems to be, in, in, you say, is it a death throw? No, it's not a death throw. But we are all socialists now. Make no mistake about it. I don't care who you can point the finger at, who you can blame. It never, you see, you never thought it would come at us this way. Never. When socialism arrived, it came through the back door and by accident. It came through a, an invisible force called a virus. You can't even see it. Vi the, virus brought the, 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 uh, the virus brought socialism to America. It wasn't Bernie Sanders, that loudmouth, tuna fish-stained street rat. He tried his best, but he was so unpalatable. He was so ugly and disgusting, no one bought it. He couldn't sell socialism. He tried it with his squad of vermin. They couldn't peddle it. The American people just rejected it. But here it is anyway. This $2 trillion, it doesn't come from trees. It's not grown from seeds in the ground. Where do you think that $2 trillion in the stimulus package that's going to go to everyone, butchers, bakers, beef farmers, Nordstrom department stores, department stores, lumber mills, lumber stores, restaurants, all aboard the socialist train, leaving the White House any moment, all aboard, board, all aboard, socialist train. Where do you think the $2 trillion is coming from? Government printing presses. So... What does that do to the value of the dollar? Well, I'm not an economist, but I could do some quick math with you and tell you that the minute this money is released, the value of your savings just went down by, what, 15 to 20 percent? Minimum. Minimum. Where does this end? I don't know where this ends. Usually things like this end in war. I'm a student of history. Usually this kind of situation that collapses economies leads to aggression between nations and invasion of surrounding lands for natural resources. I just witnessed World War II. Japan invaded Manchuria for the steel. Okay, well, they were forced into it. Well, they're rapidly expanding industrial society. They had no natural steel in their own land, so they invaded Manchuria. And, of course, they committed such atrocities in China. I, that's a separate story. I don't want to get into it. Just read about the rape of Nanking. And you got to understand the Chinese have a long memory as a, as a, as a people as a nation. Chinese people have a very long memory. They never forgot what the Japanese did to them. Do they remember that the Americans were their allies in World War II, I wonder? Does this generation of Chinese leaders, President Xi, does he remember the Americans who saved China the best they could in World War II? Do they know anything about it? I'm sure they do. They know their history better than we do. Will that help us at all? in the coming conflict between nations? I don't know. What about Russia? Russia was our ally in World War II. Russia helped defeat Hitler. They lost more men than we did. They lost men by the millions to the Nazi swine. Is Russia still our ally? Well, after Pelosi and Schumer got through with Russia, I don't know if they're still our ally. 
They were when Trump came along. He wanted to make Putin our friend. He said right on this show. Remember that tape? Remember when he just won the election? I had him on the show. That was such an important tape. You know, you talk about an historical tape. I still say it's one of the most important tapes. He came on this show, and I said to him, President Trump, this was right after he won in 16. I said, when you're inaugurated, will you meet President Putin? Because they're, you know, the Democrats are, are banging the war drums. Pelosi was out of her mind calling him Hitler. I couldn't believe it. Hillary was calling Putin Hitler. He's trying to start up a war with, with Russia. So I said, Mr. Trump, he said, I'll tell you what, Michael. I hope to meet with Putin before my inauguration. I have it on tape. He was on the road to ending this Cold War, which more or less was smoldered down. And then the rat degenerate Democrats started to do attack Russia, then came up with a fiction about Russia collusion, and they wanted literally a fighting war with Russia in Ukraine. This is how sick they are. So I don't know, where's Russia today with us? Will they be our ally in such an event, an eventuality, should it occur? She so said, well, you're just speculating more. Well, yeah, I, I'm not a professor. I'm not bound by the same rules as professors are who have measured discussions of every topic. Or lawyers, even worse. Everything they say is constrained by what it might implicate in terms of a future legal uh, brief. I'm a talk show host. I'm also born with a global mind, and I'm a free thinker. I'm a free associationist. I go back to the Bible in my free associationalism. <laughs> it's a good word. Free association, that's been my metier here in radio. Connecting ideas as they run along. And making sense, by the way, as I go along which is why so many of you are addicted to this show. It's unique. It's what I can do. So I'm free associating about the coming conflict between nations. I'll develop it another time. We have enough trouble right now dealing with this virus. And before the show ends, and I hope you could stick with me the whole two hours today or go to the podcast, because I want to cover how much vitamin C should you take. And I'm going to give you the leading genius on it, who passed away a number of years ago. He's one of my best friends and a mentor. I loved him, Dr. Robert F. Cathcart III, one of, the, one of the finest human beings I ever met. He was a medical doctor. I think his MD was from Stanford. He was an orthopedic surgeon, and he was, a, a, um, was an orthopedic surgeon in Lake Tahoe, in Klein Village, treating ski injuries originally. I don't want to tell you his whole story. Many of you remember him. I also knew Linus Pauling. I, I met him. Uh, I was a member of the Orthomolecular Medical Society, which was considered quackery at the time, but was 30, 40 years ahead of the medical establishment. Many of the things that the doctors in that society were preaching uh, at the time was considered quackery. It's now mainstream medicine for the more advanced doctors. And the doctors who were saying, oh, vitamin C doesn't work. They're medical flat earthers. Pay no attention to them. They're medical flat earthers. Just dismiss them. They just want to peddle drugs to you. Now, drugs, if they work, are great. I use them. I'm on a few meds now since I got sick in December. I, got a, I had a good long run without any meds. I mean, I ran like many years, no medication, none, took nothing. I lived on my own advice, my own vitamins, my own diet. And then I started to get sloppy over the last few years, and something happened to me in December. I think you could pretty much figure out by now what it is. So I'm on horrible medication. I hate it. But you know, maybe it's life-saving. I'm not so sure. Uh, it fatigues me, makes me tired. I bruise easily. I hate it. So, okay, but let's get back to where we're at. 
the um, vitamin C, how much should you actually take? I want to tell you about Dr. Cathcart's bowel tolerance protocol because before he died, he had treated over 20,000 people with mega doses of vitamin C. And the method he used, I've helped people with over the years, like friends would call me and say, you know, Mike, I, Michael, I, I, got a, I got a cold I can't kick or I had the flu and it's lingering. What should I do? They said, well, I'm taking vitamin C. I drink orange juice. Oh, not enough. Oh, I take the vitamins in one pill. Not enough. I explained Cathcart's bowel tolerance uh, protocol to them. And I said, follow it for a day and tell me what happens. They call back, Michael, 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 I can't believe it. All the symptoms went away in a day. Now, am I telling you it's a cure for um, this horrible, unknown origin SARS-CoV-2? I'm not saying that at all, but there are reports coming out of China that mega doses of vitamin C, IVC, as a matter of fact, intravenous vitamin C, which has to be administered by a physician, is working to kill the free radicals that are produced by this virus because it's not unique. It's unique in one regard, meaning the construct of the virus is unique. But what it does to the body is not unique with regard to other viruses that the human uh, body has fought before. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're, you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free at-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love Purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Working on the old plantation here. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. You know, we're talking about such serious topics. The 26th anniversary show, your memories... We're all socialists now because of the trillion, $2 trillion relief package on the table. SARS-CoV-2, what we know is it a bioweapon. I warned you about chloroquine. It's no better than standard care. And, and you should be aware of all these things, and I want to talk about that uh, in the next hour. But I, I got to tell you something interesting that's going on. 
on Twitter, where I have an active account, I started doing cooking videos. I did one the other day. I decided because there's so much time at home. My mother was a great cook. My grandmother used to work in hotel restaurants. My grandmother, by the way, turns out was a single mother. It's a long story. I don't want to bore you with it. It's her mother, my grandmother, was a, was a single mother, had to raise the children, work in a kitchen in Manhattan in a hotel kitchen as a chef. My mother was a cook, and my mother cooked all the time. She could cook for 30 people, but in a little house with a four-burner stove, I don't know how she knocked out that food. I picked it up from her. So in a time like this, <clears throat> I, I said I'm developing my cookies, cooking skills. Instead of just sitting and complaining or, or going on the Internet, I'm cooking. I did a video on cooking a fish stew. It's so popular. It's one of my most popular things. I'm thinking of doing a, a cooking show after this is all over. After the virus is dead, maybe it'll be Mike Can Cook. And I'll have Jim on. Jim is a chef. He'll cook all the meat stuff, and I'll say, Jim, I love it, but I can't eat it. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. You know, I, I wanted to call this our Pearl Harbor, but I thought maybe it'd be a little misinterpreted. Because I, I my intuition, and by what I'm reading... And I don't mean only on conspiracy nutjob sites either. I believe it did escape from a bio lab by accident. The Chinese certainly didn't do it to kill their own countrymen and collapse their own economy. That would be ludicrous. So, you know, just put two and two together. I think that, look, we have biowarfare labs. We had one at Fort Detrick for as long as I know. All major nations have biological warfare agent laboratories. Canada had one. And then they uh, threw a, a Chinese national out who was going back and forth with secrets. And there's suspicion in the media that, okay, so here we are. What's it going to do if we find it was escaped from a bio lab? Because there's something about this SARS-CoV-2 that troubles me. It's not like a flu, like the shock jocks originally thought in radio. No, it's not like a flu. There's something more infectious about it. There's something more lethal about it in too many different people, and it's not just the elderly with underlying health conditions. You know, I saw an article today. I don't know what it, whether he had underlying health conditions, but it, it was worrisome to me. A four-year-old died. Then a baby died from it. Okay, then I see that uh, a chef, an Indian chef, died from it. So I said, okay, well, these are individual cases. Maybe that underlying. Maybe they did. But they... <laughs> Whatever it is, our life will never be the same. Whatever it is, you're not the same today that you were a month, two months ago. You're locked down. You're sitting in an apartment or a house. You're a prisoner. And we are now a socialist nation. We are all socialists. You can write that down. Today, we are all socialists. 
However it arrived, it is here on our shores. You thought it would come from Bernie Sanders and the squad, but no, it came from an invisible source called a virus. Everybody wants the handout. Corporations, big and small. Businesses, big and small. And there's an argument to be made for it. I've told you before, my father lived through the Depression. Was it not for the big government of uh, FDR? He would have, I don't know what he would have done. But he had to take a WPA job to survive. So I'm very aware of blue-collar Democrats because my father was one of those. My whole neighborhood in Queens were all blue-collar Democrats. So it's, I understand it very well. But as time went on and the economy became more, uh, a more affluent economy, how could you still be a socialist? I wasn't. And then when affirmative action stole my birthright, boy, did I wake up. So anyway, forget me for the m- minute. And what you want to know is more about the uh, COVID, or however you want to define it, SARS-CoV-2, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, uh, Volume 2. Never mind where it came from. What can you do about it? What is it actually? What is SARS-CoV-2? Well, it's the, it's the virus that is causing the current outbreak of COVID-19. <laughs> Why is it called SARS-CoV-2 by scientists? Well, it's important to remember that while SARS-CoV-2 bears close similarities to other coronaviruses, such as SARS-CoV-1 or MERS, it is actually a new virus, a novel virus, and new information about its construct is emerging minute by minute. So there's a lot we don't know about it, but there's a lot that the doctors and scientists rather do know about it. We know for sure it's a respiratory virus, which means that it's spread primarily through the respiratory system. The main transmission route is through person-to-person droplet infection. That is the inhalation of aerosolized saliva or mucus-carrying uh, mucus viral load. Now, a viral load is the amount of virus particles in a given volume of liquid. And the higher the viral load equates with stronger chances of infection. So in other words... If it's a small viral load, it doesn't mean even if you contact it, you're going to automatically get this disease. And in that sense, it's similar to previous coronaviruses, such as SARS-CoV-1 or MERS. And people are most contagious when they're symptomatic, meaning coughing, sneezing. You know all of that. Everyone knows that. So you go to a supermarket now, it's like we're in a biohazard suit. I mean, I do. I'm not joking. I don't take it lightly. I, I still have to get out of the house. I go buy my food because I don't want to do restaurant takeout. I got friends in the restaurant business who are going to go under from this. It's horrible to see. This country's not going to be the same when this is over. Nothing will be the same. We're not going to go back to normal, ever. There is no going back to normal. There is no going back to normal. There's no normal. The past is dead. Today we are all socialists. This is a socialist nation, number one. But putting that aside, all the small businesses that we've come to rely on, many of them are going to be gone. They were, li- they were living day- week to week. They had no reserves, no money. It was bad enough what they did in San Francisco, taxing restaurants out of business to begin with. A flower tax, a this tax, a, a tablecloth tax, an AIDS tax, a health tax, a wealth tax. And eventually this came along. Now they're out of business. Well, I guess the city of San Francisco and New York, they could open. But we could open public restaurants. It could be the Cuomo restaurant chain. Or out here in California, it could be a government-owned restaurant chain, you know, like a cafeteria. And that, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Like Soviet-style restaurants. Can't wait for that one. 
What about the prisoners they're releasing out of the prisons? Where are they going? Where are the prisoners? Anyone seen any running around the streets lately? It's, I live near San Quentin. Are they letting them out of San Quentin? Are there any San Quentin guards listening to the show? Are you releasing them out of San Quentin? I don't know, man. I feel bad for the prison guards right now. Bad enough for the prisoners who were there on like minor, let's say nonviolent charges. Let's say, I knew some went in. They really didn't do anything that bad, but they were in, man. One guy just was a, got caught in a, a financial swindle. And he really didn't even do it, but the local DA was such an evil person. Nevertheless, what about the prison guards? How do they get up and go to the show every day, to the work every day? You talk about it, right? So we can talk about all these topics on uh, SARS-CoV-2. The chloroquine is no better than standard care. That's according to a study that just came out of China. If you can believe them on anything, and I don't, uh, you could say, well, play, play reverse pool with them. Why would the country that released this virus, let's say by accident, why would they, they now be saying chloroquine is no better than standard care? Why? What, are they making money off it somehow? I don't know. They did a small trial. One person almost died from it. And I've been warning you about chloroquine for uh, several weeks now, and I've linked an article on it on michaelsavage.com from someone who's an expert on the subject. It's not the uh, magic bullet. Watch out for it. The best answer is obviously what you're doing. Avoid contact, number one. And number two, uh, stimulate your own immune system. Don't sit and wait for the government to tell you how to do it. Many of you who listen to this show are into natural foods and to health, healthy lifestyles and vitamins and minerals to begin with. But now is the time for you to up your game. Now you've got to up your game. And uh, that means really studying how these things work. And I've also seen a report out of China where intravenous vitamin C is being used that has been confirmed in several locales, including New York. They're using it in some New York hospitals now, IVC. I'm familiar with intravenous C because it's been used in the orthomolecular medical community for at least 35 years. And I've been in that medical group, or I was years ago. I dropped out of it a long time ago after my friends you know, moved on. One of them passed away. So what can you do on your own? Well, you got to take massive doses of... Um, of crystalline vitamin C or ascorbate, as Dr. Cathcart would define it. And I knew Dr. Cathcart well. He's passed away, so I'm not selling you anything. He's not around. He's not going to make anything off it. The guy was way ahead of his time. But I want to just tell you a story for a minute. He was the godfather of taking mega doses of vitamin C, and he developed a thing called the Dr. Cathcart Protocol. So without boring you to death, uh, he was an uh, orthopedic surgeon in Incline Village, in the early 70s, treating ski injuries and whatnot. And he he noticed on his own, as a clinician will, that the patients who were taking vitamin C during recovery from a broken leg, for example, recovered faster than those who were not taking vitamin C. That's how he got into it. And I remember when I was in graduate school at UC Berkeley, my, all my professors were medical doctors in different fields of expertise, very different fields. And they were not into vitamins per se. I was the vitamin young guy. So one of them said to me, you know, you're onto something because when I'm in the hospital, I notice that patients who are in for burns or some other illnesses, if they take vitamin C, they, they, they get better 50% faster than the regular patients. That, they were onto that, you know, in the early days. So Cathcart developed the Cathcart protocol. And how much vitamin C should you take? I'm just going to read you what he wrote. It's called the bowel tolerance method. Well, let me explain it to you without reading it to you, because I've told it to people on the telephone, friends of mine. 
When you are healthy, you can take uh, probably a half a gram, 500 milligrams to a gram without developing bowel tolerance, meaning gas or even diarrhea. When you are sick, you can take much more vitamin C without developing bowel intolerance. So let's say you're taking 500 milligrams to a gram a day. That's a lot, but many people are, and you don't get the gas. But you find when you're under great stress or you are sick, the sicker you are, the more stressed you are, the more vitamin C you can hold before getting to saturation or bowel tolerance levels. And bowel tolerance is indicated by gas, a rumbling stomach, or slightly loose stool. And if you take too much C, you're going to get very loose stool. What happens when you start to get better? Once you hit bowel tolerance, meaning the gas, you back off the extra C and you moderate it down and you take less and less, probably days to resolve an illness like a cold or whatnot, but never drop it back to zero because you're liable to get a rebound scurvy, by the way. That's very un, not very well understood in the medical world, but I've dealt with the experts in this field who've treated thousands of cases. You watch out for the rebound scurvy. So for years, I mean, I've taken probably not enough. You know, I just I don't remember to take it all. It's a pain in the neck, by the way, all these vitamins. It is. It's a pain in the neck. And then finding the, the good uh, crystalline C is hard now. It's all made in China, incidentally. That's the irony here. Isn't this weird? You know, you know how vitamin C is made? It's, it's a, a synthetic derivative of, of a sucrose. Sucrose, <laughs> sucrose is converted into vitamin C. Sugar, plain sugar is converted into vitamin C. So the starting compound, we have plenty of it here, but no factories make it. Why? If it was up to me, if I was on Trump's advisory committee, I would ask, I would actually dictate that a pharmaceutical company convert one of their plants to a to one plant only somewhere in America to make domestic vitamin C. So we, we don't have to rely upon China for vitamin C. We heard about the penicillin. Now they're all talking about, oh, China makes our medicine. No kidding. When did I do a show on that with an expert? Remember I had that woman on? It was in February. Do you remember her book? You all forgot that I led the way on that one here in the media? Oh, others have covered it. My number one student on Fox News, he's a great guy. He's an apt student, and he's a very good deliverer of information. I like him a lot. He's a good person. But, um, okay, it originated here in the media on this show, this small little show, The Savage Nation. It's the 26th anniversary show. Yesterday was the actual date. And it was on the, uh, God, the 24th, the 24th, what was it, 24th, right? Yeah, of 1994 that I did my first overnight show on KGO Radio in San Francisco. And it was the worst experience of my life. And when I got home that morning, I swore I'd never do radio again. I remember driving home at dawn. I filled in for a radical left-wing winger on KGO who did a hate show. May God rest his soul. I didn't even know what I was stepping into. They gave it to me midnight to five in the morning. And I did a show on affirmative action, the damage it's doing to society. I got such hatred, I never expected it. Because I was not that political prior to radio. I mean, I had my beliefs, but I wasn't a political guy. And the hatred that came out of the radio from people, I drove home and I looked at my rearview mirror the whole way home. I thought I was being followed. It almost provoked a paranoid reaction in me. I got home. I, I tried to go to sleep. I couldn't. And when the children woke up, and Mrs. Savage woke up, they said, well, how was the radio last night? I said, I will never, ever do radio again. The hatred out there is unbelievable. The hate coming from the people, I couldn't believe it. 
Well, the phone rang at 9 in the morning, the program director. Ring, ring. This is, uh, oh, you were so great. The phones are ringing off the hook. You want to do it again? I said, not for a million dollars. I'll never do it again. I'll never do another overnight show. How about a day show? And she gave me some big daytime fill-in shows. They're great guys. When they needed a day off, I was the fill-in host. That's how I got hooked on radio. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Chloroquine, chloroquine, chloroquine. Now, President Trump said it was the, in a way, he said it would be the answer. And then, uh, what's his name? I forget the other guy. I can't remember their names. Fauci, Fauci said, not so fast. The science isn't there. And I said, watch out. It could be toxic. Remember. Well, <clears throat> the fact is, Chinese did a small trial with chloroquine, and it was ambiguous. The control group got as along as well as the group on chloroquine. One got almost sick with liver damage. But you should know something. So, so a cynic said to me, well, Mike, the reason that the Chinese are saying that their studies show that chloroquine is not useful is because they want to control the market with some more expensive drug. Well, that's not true because chloroquine is made in the U.S. It's made in, in, in New Jersey. Rising Pharmaceuticals uh, makes it. There's a whole story on it. And I don't want to talk about the price hikes that came along, but that's not the point. Chloroquine phosphate has been manufactured as an anti-malarial treatment since the late 1940s. But it was since there's no malaria in America anymore, you know, the price was dropping. And uh, all of a sudden, the price went up on the drug. That's just the way capitalism works. I think Bayer also makes chloroquine phosphate, incidentally. And if they ever had to ramp it up, Bayer could do it overnight, incidentally. Now, the fact of the matter is, it's ambiguous whether it works. It can be toxic for some people. It's not the magic bullet. So be aware of all of these things before you jump on the chloroquine train. Home of borders, language, culture, the savage nation. Where are those? What happened to America? Today we are all socialists. It came through the back door. Two trillion dollars, print money. Everyone gets a handout. Money for everyone. And, and the witch Pelosi, despite the two trillion dollars, is holding it up again. She's slow walking it through the house. Would you believe this woman gets away with it? You know, you talk about putting someone away in a prison. You got a country screaming for relief. It's a boondoggle like I've never seen in my life. Everyone's getting a bailout. Some need it for sure. Some don't. And it's still not good enough for her and the communists in the Dem Party. Slow walking it now. They wouldn't even vote on it. She tabled it until uh, tomorrow. How does she get away with this? It's a combination of greed and power madness is what it is. Anyway, today was my 26th anniversary show. Yesterday was the actual date of the 24th of March, 1996, the first show, 1994, the first show. We've talked about uh, SARS-CoV-2. What we know, is it a bioweapon that was accidentally released? I've talked about chloroquine, no better than standard care. I've been warning you about it. I've talked about the Dr. Cathcart protocol for vitamin C. I've talked about what's in the $2 trillion relief package. And I've had a wonderful day. I'm exhausted, to be honest with you. This is exhausting. This is taking its toll on yours truly. I don't know what it must be doing to you guys and girls out there. But it's very difficult. None of your outlets. None. You have none of your outlets. 
right? No golf, no tennis, no socializing, no clubs, no bars, no restaurants. America runs on these social organizations. How do you, what are people doing? You gonna read the Bible at home? Maybe, I don't know. How, how many times can you read the Bible? If Ezekiel were alive, he'd be a stay-at-homer. He wouldn't be able to march around in his robe telling people how bad the world is. Ezekiel would be locked up just like you. Well, he could tweet. Ezekiel could tweet. He'd be at, at, at Ezekiel. <laughs> they give, give him a Twitter handle, at God.com or something. My Twitter handle is what? A Savage Nation? That's it, not at? Is it at A Savage Nation? I don't even know what it is. At A Savage Nation. No, it's not at, at God's... At a savage, at Ezekiel. No, look, man, it's a rough time for all of us. Do I have an answer for you? Yes. Listen to the radio. What else? How much Netflix can you watch? How many bad movies can you watch? I'm stuck on a Mexican uh, drug cartel thing now, 32 segments. I'm starting to hate it. I watch it. I have to see what happens in the next. I'm like a Mexican housewife now. I can't wait to see how the romances work out, and I don't even want to watch it. The Westwood One Podcast Network.